0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Engage podcast. I found that we as people are slowly losing the ability to actively listen and learn from one another. My aim with this podcast is to encourage a variety of opinion and to connect people who are willing to share their stories, opinions, and perspectives with those who are willing to listen, learn, and engage. With this platform that I've created, I aim to encourage discourse with a foundation of kindness, understanding, and mutual respect, because I genuinely do believe that we are more similar than we make ourselves out to be. And now, on to the episode.
1: Hello, hey, So.
0: Um, the first point I thought we could start off with is could you define what an ally is and what exactly an ally does for the black community in a movement such as Black Lives Matter?
1: Okay, so I think one thing to remember, like before we get into this, um, this talk today, um, I am a black woman. And I just want people to understand that my responses today might not reflect how everybody feels in the black community. And I just don't want people to tokenize my responses in this um, session today. So before we go into that, I just want people to know that um, there's a huge diaspora of black people on this world and I I really don't speak for everyone but hopefully like my hearing my perspective can change yours a little bit yeah so what do I think an ally is I think an ally is somebody who recognizes that there is a system of oppression and wants to help dismantle it even though it doesn't directly affect them
0: so thank you for that um definition of an ally um mm. and uh, i just wanted to address something quickly so while researching um mm. for this for this episode i came across a yeah. lot of um black content creators and black um educators who Mm -hmm. don't necessarily like the label of ally and obviously you don't speak for um every single black person you are just one person um Mm -hmm. but what do you think do do you think there's a problem with someone calling themselves an ally
1: I do think there's a problem with something with people calling themselves an ally Mm -hmm. I think if, if you are truly an ally to something, or if you truly want to be an ally to something, you can't put yourself in a position to recognize yourself as an ally. Because you might not be doing something that is reflective of what the Black community needs from you. And it's not your place as anyone other than a Black person to call you an ally. But... Yeah, I think the whole concept of just um, labelling yourself as um, a fighter of the struggle just isn't really anyone's place except for people in the Black community. And I understand why people don't want, might not like people calling themselves allies. And I I agree with people calling themselves allies. I think that's wrong, but I don't think labeling someone an ally as a black person is wrong okay so the problem
0: lies more with people labeling themselves as allies
1: yes okay yes exactly because i think some sometimes you just you need to meet certain criteria to be an ally Mm -hmm. i think and when somebody calls themselves an ally it, it puts into question how much how how far they're willing to take their activism i mean when you call yourself an ally none of those checks and balances are done you just declare yourself as somebody who um is an ally mm-hmm. and i think when somebody checks that and says are you doing these things are you being active in this are you truly um, representing this? Does this impact your the way you see the world daily? Mm-hmm. I think that's what decides if you're an ally. And not everyone has the maturity to do that test on themselves. Mm-hmm. So it becomes quite a slippery slope if you allow people to call themselves allies, even if they haven't done the work. hmm
0: that's actually the next point that i wanted to get into so um in doing this research i've come across a lot of creators black black content creators and educators Mm -hmm. and um they present lots of different forms of active allyship so whether that be um supporting black creators through financial means whether that be protesting Mm -hmm. donating signing petitions um yes and i feel like the mainstream media doesn't represent what actual active allyship is because if you look at Mm. the way that they portray some forms of allyship like protesting for example they villainize protesters yes they make them seem um as like instigators for chaos and that um, type of thing. Mm -hmm. But then on the other hand, um, it kind of comforts people who posted a black square and is like, okay, this is fine. Now you are an ally, right? Mm -hmm. And so essentially what I wanted to get into was um, the different forms of active allyship and how we um, institute that into our daily lives because obviously it's not a sprint it's a marathon
1: Mm. so I think one very important aspect of active allyship is understanding your own privilege Mm -hmm. um when when you go into a conversation understanding like historical context and why people might be reacting in a certain way even if it doesn't it hasn't happened to you this way before when when you understand your privilege, I think you understand where you fit in, in the space. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of people who say, I don't know how to engage in these conversations Mm -hmm. because I don't know where I stand. And I don't know how much I need to say right now. I think they haven't done the work of seeing their privilege, looking at everything point blank and saying this is who I am this is the life that the world has afforded me like my position in the world being who I am Mm -hmm. and knowing what I know this is the way I'm going to step into spaces where my voice is often the first to be heard Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So once once you do the work of understanding your own privilege, um, I think it becomes a lot easier for you to engage and understand what people need.
0: Mm.
1: And I think it's also easier to, w- when you don't understand something, it's easier to identify why you don't understand or why you don't always believe um, certain experiences. Mm. Mm-hmm. One form of privilege that I think probably some people who want to be allies need to d- like need to identify in themselves is white privilege, mm-hmm. and also like just I just want to get this one. I just want to explain this one mm-hmm. because sure. I think it's important one in a, an important one to highlight. But I think um, privilege doesn't necessarily make your life easier. Mm. But it means that your life isn't harder in some aspects. And when people look at white privilege, it's not saying that white people don't struggle. It's not saying that white people don't experience hardships. It's just saying that you can almost certainly rule out that it's not exclusively because they are white Mm -hmm. and once just understanding that concept maybe it will be easier to go into spaces and see just give people more understanding because Mm -hmm. there's certain things you don't have to worry about that's what privilege really boils back to there's things you will never have to worry about and your privileges are those things so mm-hmm. as an as an ally, you need to assess those privileges and instead of hoarding your privilege, you need to share your privilege and you need to give that privilege to people who don't have that privilege and give them your platforms, give them, you know, let, let's make it equitable, you know. Mm-hmm. Let's try reverse some of this stuff.
0: Yeah. And I think a lot of people just don't understand that it's not no movement is trying to further oppress anyone and it's trying to get everyone on the same playing field Mm. it's actually interesting that you mentioned that because over the past few weeks so many Mm. people who follow me um, they've come to me and they've said well I don't see how I fit into this movement so I'd rather just stay quiet I'd rather just not post on social media yeah and I think you explained it really well when you said that well obviously number one there's social media isn't the only form of active allyship
1: exactly Um,
0: but I think you explained it very well when you said once you recognize where you fit into this piece of the puzzle you can then know what you need to do
1: yeah, and what work you need to put in. Mm. And it, it really does boil back to, like, you need to do that first little bit of introspection and think mm-hmm. about why mm-hmm. you are in a, this position in life. I think most of the time, people will recognize that there are generational reasons why they are in this position and there are mm-hmm. other like, worldly privileges that they receive for looking a certain way. And, you know, it, it needs to be addressed and people need to accept that it is the truth because really it is. Privilege exists in in so many forms. And I'm not just talking about white privilege. I'm talking about um, being able-bodied. I'm talking mm-hmm. about being in a heteronormative relationship it's there's so many there's so many ways that a person can be privileged and Mm -hmm. like one that most people can identify with is being cis Mm. most people like don't even view that as a privilege but like being born into the body you were meant to be born into I mean that's that's a privilege and we need to accept that we have many different privileges that are going to shape Um, our opinions but once we peel that privilege back I mean what do you really see who like where Mm -hmm. do you really stand in that people need to assess their privilege and how they are using it because there's a lot of people who could be using their privilege to help drive these conversations forward into spaces they wouldn't normally reach so
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm
1: using your privilege in those ways, even if it's uncomfortable, even if you're not big on politics. I mean, there's a difference between not being big on politics and believing in equity for all humans. Mm. And I think it's
0: actually like really terrible that a movement, for example, like Black Lives Matter has become a political, a political debate f- than exactly. a human rights issue.
1: Um, I, I I mean, yeah, it 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 really does baffle me that people see it as well I lean this way, so I can't possibly believe in a movement that says black lives matter. Exactly, yeah. when you really step back and assess that, I, I don't understand how people can really be okay with this. And people who are in the middle and are not trying, uh, not um, voicing their opinions on it. I mean, the fact that you can ignore this is privilege. And that is mm-hmm. what privilege looks like because Black people cannot ignore Black Lives Matter because we know it affects us every single day. We can't mm-hmm. ignore this anymore. And for you to say, I don't want to ruffle any feathers for your reason to not voice your opinion on if you believe Black people, which is not really an opinion for people to have. I mean, everybody should have equality and justice. But exactly. It's weird when people choose to not exercise the right to voice that. Mm-hmm. Why would you not want to to be known as somebody who believes in Black liberation?
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. What gets me, for example, I know a lot of uh, brown boys who are very into soccer. Mm-hmm. And during the George Floyd protests and even during the GBV protests, they were all mm-hmm. silent. And suddenly... Liverpool wins and all of these brown boys have something to say
1: they have something to post I mean there's there's a huge issue with um people becoming complacent Mm -hmm. like there's a huge issue that people see all this stuff going on and think it's best to just not say anything um i i I don't really know what to say to people like that because it's like um so many people especially especially in people of color it really it really um yeah it 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 really does become confusing to me because they maybe to a lesser extent than black people in some cases have been have also been silenced. And Mm -hmm. now are using that silence to be in better ties with white people. I think Mm -hmm. um, it's easier to be the person of color that doesn't say anything. Because um, white people do kind of tokenize that and say, well, this person is from a different background than me, but they still believe that Black people are kind of exaggerating about this, you know? Mm-hmm. It becomes that kind of thing. And, yeah, it's it's disappointing, especially from other communities of colour to see us not banding together, because, honestly, communities of colour have been pit against each other in order to please um, white whites supremacists Mm. we've been against each other for so long and us being in this constant competition with each other to deliver better to white supremacists to be more in the eyes of white supremacists look like the hard working people of colour to look like the Mm. smart people of colour and not to look like the inferior stereotype that they've been putting us out to be all along it's it's actually quite disappointing to see people of color not taking this issue seriously because when they need support it's also the black community coming for their support because we know what we are going through mm-hmm. you know so yeah. if if people if people of color could unite in this, in this whole situation, if we could unite against racism together, we could, no white supremacy would actually be able to withstand it at all. Mm. And that's why they keep putting us against each other. Because if people of color realize that together, we would have the, the numbers we would have everything to change politics forever then it would be very dangerous for supremacists so Mm. yeah they do keep putting us against each other and they do make it easier to be the person of color that doesn't speak up because when you do that you perpetuate their system and it's important for people of color to snap out of it like immediately because it can either be all of us fighting to be the one good person of color in the white person's life, or it can be that we all just look at the situation. We put the steps in place to change the way the world is and what's going on. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we could really be really influential in changing the way the world works so people of color our, our ancestry fought for this very hard our ancestry fought for us to be able to have a say so let's protect each other mm. from supremacy yeah
0: I 110% agree with everything that you said um, especially for minorities there's power in solidarity
1: yes supremacists know that once we realize that we could change everything so they keep Mm -hmm. making us fight amongst ourselves and we we need to look at the bigger picture at this point because people have been oppressed for way too long it's been Mm -hmm. 400 years like we can't have another 400 living like Mm -hmm. this we need to change things drastically Yeah, and
0: I think, um, well, obviously I'm speaking for the brown community now. Mm -hmm. Um, They kind of believe that one person's oppression is the same as another's, and that is definitely not true. Um, Your oppression in one regard doesn't necessarily cancel out your privilege in another regard. Yes, Um, yes. So, for example, um, my family... Or I I know this is um, something that a lot of Indian families did where they gave half of their salary to build um, schools so that their kids could go to school. And that is a sacrifice. Mm. I'm not disputing that. Um, Of course, that's a sacrifice. But at the same time, you were getting paid. What were Black people getting paid? True. You know? Um, So your oppression in one regard doesn't cancel out your privilege in another regard exactly and i think as soon as people of color realize that they can assess themselves and see where they need to show up for the black community
1: and you know one one thing that everybody needs to remember is that um communities of color historically have done a lot better together than we have with um colonialist communities and mm, that's true. We were able to actually live in harmony. We were able to um, live amongst each other. But it's just this thing of um, having to have someone be the oppressed and someone be the oppressor that caused us to fight amongst each other for mm-hmm. scraps, essentially. So we need to remember that, and this is a huge thing that people need to look into that happened that actually did happen in the US. They they called on immigrants, especially immigrants from the Asian communities, um, to move to the US, but the qualifications were quite high, the requirements that you had to meet. You had mm-hmm. to be educated or seeking education and you had to have a substantial amount of money and it makes it look like, well, why are black people complaining when other minorities are doing so well? Mm-hmm. This, this whole, um, this whole trope of Indian, um, Indian people, you know, studying accounting and being doctors and lawyers and engineers It comes from people. It actually comes from those people being the only people to get those opportunities, Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. being called the better person of color. It's like Indians are the better blacks. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. that's kind of how these structures try to make everything look. But if we stick to it and remember that we live together in harmony we lived together peacefully until supremacy had to choose the biggest loser. Mm. Then we'll be able to understand how to dismantle these systems if we remember that we were put against each other. This was by design. Mm -hmm. It's actually interesting that you say that
0: because um, in doing research, a similar thing happened to the Indians who came to South Africa. So essentially what happened was when the British colonized India, the one thing that worked was the education system. So mm-hmm. they made sure that Indian people in India were getting um, qualifications, like degrees, right? Yes. So they had theoretical training. Um, they didn't really focus on like... Um, like vocational tasks yeah Yeah, vocational tasks um and so the first batch of indians who came here were unskilled so they didn't have um degrees but they still had vocational training right Mm -hmm. then they were allowed to work for a certain period of time on the sugarcane fields and then they could either stay in south africa or go back to india and get um an education right
1: yeah so basically it was indentured slavery
0: Mm -hmm. then the second group of Indian people who came were the Indian people who had qualifications they had degrees they they had something to their name and they Mm -hmm. came and settled in South Africa
1: and then it becomes this whole thing of Indians being the less threatening more educated black people of colour you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. they used that tool to create a a social socioeconomic justification for why black people should be okay because other mm-hmm. communities of color are doing okay. Exactly. Yeah. When in actual fact they don't acknowledge
0: that the system that was set up was so that Indian people would look like the better people of color. Exactly. So
1: as as allies and as um, POC allies we need to remember this constantly we were pit against each other you know this was completely mm-hmm. by design especially the structures that happened in South Africa mm-hmm. there were well-researched systems of oppression and they still exist and if we want to move forward as people of color in this country we need to put our differences aside and we need to liberate each other.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's honestly what I've always said on this channel. I've always said that um, people are more similar than they make themselves out to be. Exactly. We just that's choose so to look at divisive divisive um, things, yes. you know? Yes.
1: And, and yes. you know what? the divisiveness does work it keeps mm. us fighting and it keeps us not looking at the bigger picture so we need to stop um, looking at the divisiveness we can get into semantics once we all have liberation but mm-hmm. we, we're we not in that place yet and we're fighting about semantics but we haven't even dealt with the system yeah so, that is so true things yeah we need we need to look at things differently especially as black and Indian like as as people of color youth in this country I think our experiences are a lot more similar than we'd like to admit mm-hmm. you know we all go through things and the sad part is we get it from each other too yeah, so
0: yeah true
1: yeah so we, we need to look at things as people of colour youth in this country and we need to put people in power that are going to make changes that benefit our liberation. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: so I think the next point that I want to move on to is um, ways that people who claim to be allies or, or things that allies do that harm the Black community?
1: Um, well, I'm going to say, number one, performative activism. Mm. If there's one thing that harms the Black community, it's people doing things for showmanship, mm-hmm. but not making the efforts to do things behind the scenes where you won't necessarily be recognized. Mm-hmm. It's things like um, donating that you don't necessarily share. Those are the things that allies need to do. It's things like signing petitions. It's mm-hmm. it's doing the, you know, protests. protests are great and they do put a lot of pressure on a place when people are in the streets demanding change. But the way that we systematically change things is by changing legislature. And mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of people who call themselves allies aren't in, the, in that space. They aren't in the space of changing legislature. They're more in the space of showing face and putting pressure. but without doing the legislative part of it, it's just a lot of noise and not a lot of action. Yes. So performative allyship is very harmful. And we don't only see this in people. We see this in companies as well. Like I'll give the example of Starbucks. You know, they posted a social media statement. We stand behind Black Lives Matter Um And like showing their solidarity to black people. But in reality, it was later found that they they wouldn't let their staff wear anything that symbolizes Black Lives Matter because it was too divisive. Mm. That is performative allyship. And we see it everywhere. And I think the important thing that people need to remember is that we do see it. The people who are who you are supposedly fighting for can see when you aren't really in it, and mm-hmm. it, there's just no reason to be a part of it. If if you really don't want to change things on a legislative base, then you're not really you're just throwing yourself in a fight that you don't really have a strategy to win. Mm-hmm.
0: I definitely agree with you. I think we have to start at a a grassroots level if we want to enact sustainable change in any regard for any movement. Um, So like one thing I can say is educating yourself and seeking resources from Black creators and Black voices because if you are willing to educate yourself then you can enact that change and educate
1: other people. Yes. But I think the part about education, especially when looking at Black creators, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad you were specific about saying Black creators. Yeah. Because yeah. Um, another harmful thing that allies do is seeking education from ordinary Black people who mm. are, not, are not wanting to educate you through this process because mm. there are Black people who are saying, come to me to get educated. Not yeah. every Black person. It is, it is actually such a heavy emotional task mm. to, for a Black person to teach somebody how to humanize them. It is a very heavy, it's, it's very emotionally laborious, like extremely. Yeah. And a, a harmful thing that allies do is expecting that from black people because mm. necessarily they, it's saying that black people are responsible for um, educating white people or anybody else on a system that they created. Hmm. I, I don't I don't know how to put it more plainly. There are people who are writing about this, there are people who are educating about this, and if you look, you will find it. You don't have to ask yeah. your black friend to do the emotional work of educating you out of your bigoted beliefs. Hmm yeah
0: yeah I I actually like the way you put it so one of the um, educators that I quite like is Holiday Phillips I'll actually link one of her posts in the description Mm -hmm. Um, and essentially the way she describes it is as processing trauma because she is a psychologist she's a licensed psychologist and I think for a non-black person who's wanting to understand um, it would be really valuable to look at how she describes it, because in some sense, I think everybody's experienced some sort of trauma on some sort of level, not to mm-hmm. minimize the trauma that um the black community is facing. but yeah. I think when you can identify, you can
1: understand more mm. no, that's so true and Uh, fortunately fortunately even though it's not an obligation there are Mm. black people who are looking to teach people about this this problem Mm -hmm. and looking to educate people on how to avoid being a part of the problem and nobody else is responsible for fixing white supremacy than the people who perpetuate it. Mm -hmm. Nobody else is responsible for fixing that besides the people who perpetuate it. So Mm -hmm. there are people who are actively trying to dismantle these things and will give you a black person's perspective. But it, it becomes very dangerous when we look to ordinary black people who are going through this trauma themselves to explain that trauma to you you know and to explain why it's traumatic because in a sense you are contributing to your own dehumanization when you have to explain to someone why you needed to be treated like a human Mm -hmm. so like that's one thing that allies also need to look out for asking black people to do the emotional work for you the emotional labor of educating yourself is not good enough they it it needs to you need to seek that education yourself honestly it's it's Mm -hmm. about self realization and it's about your own introspection and changing things in yourself and when you do truly change things in yourself you could truly change things in other people too
0: yeah i agree with you um the only way to enact sustainable change is really through changing the way people walk through life and how they yes. see the world and how they see um, people in the world.
1: Mm.
0: And I mean, obviously, I mean, you've told me you don't really agree with like educating people, and that's like totally fine, you know, because we don't have to agree on everything. Yeah. Um, but uh, again, Holiday Phillips put out a very good video about how we can use empathy for people who have bigoted beliefs as a tool for anti-racism. Mm. I actually linked that as well. Um, and I think that's a tool that I can speak to. That's a tool that I can see actively working in people who I interact with in my daily life. So I'll give you an example. Um, this one guy who studies with me, mm-hmm. he's a very, like Christian, conservative, right-wing person, right? Yeah. And he is so... He places his identity so much into his right-wing political beliefs, right? Mm -hmm. So, obviously, you know, the media has hijacked Black Lives Matter and made it a right-wing versus um, left-wing argument when it should not be that.
1: Yeah. And
0: he didn't... As much as he knew that there is a system that oppresses black people. There is unjust killings of black people taking place. There is white supremacy that's being perpetuated mm-hmm. because of his beliefs and him putting his identity in his political beliefs. He wouldn't support black lives matter. And I've been <laughs> arguing with him or well, let me not say arguing. I've been having a dialogue with him mm-hmm. for constructive. God Um, and two weeks ago, he messaged me and he's like, I finally get it. <laughs> he's like, I finally see what Black Lives Matter is about. I mm-hmm. finally see what GBV is about. And I was like, thank goodness.
1: <laughs> and and <laughs> you l- look, yeah, let me just speak to that quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, those conversations with people that do not always see black perspectives those mm-hmm. conversations are meant to be had with allies because yes, 100% they so, some of the time it's hard as a black person to say you need to treat me like a human you need you need to treat me with respect the mm-hmm. way i treat you with respect it's hard as a Black person to look at someone in the face and ask for that. Mm. And that is why we need allies, because those are the kinds of conversations that Black people are actually in too much pain to have. Mm-hmm. Black people mm-hmm. are in too much pain to try convince people why the Black Lives Matter movement is the right movement. You know? Mm-hmm. It's, it's too painful to ask somebody to respect you um yeah after knowing what history has done to their people because mm. everybody knows what has happened maybe people disagree on how it happened or why it happened but for the most part we know the 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 gist of what happened Mm. Black people were enslaved. Black people, it, it, it's just a fact, black people were enslaved. So mm-hmm. for, for knowing that, knowing black people were enslaved, and as a black person, knowing that you still see that mindset in people that got black people enslaved. It is hard mm. to ask somebody to, to respect you. Because, mm. I mean, if if you know everything that's happening, surely you can't support this. Surely, mm. surely you can't support an All Lives Matter movement knowing specifically what's happening to Black people. Surely not. Mm. And because our allies aren't going through the emotional pain but understand more on an educational side what, what effects it has, it is easier for allies to speak to these issues with less um, emotion, which kind of drives yes. away um, the people you're normally having the discussion with. When Black mm-hmm. people get emotional about our history, it almost devalues the whole argument, you know? So that's when we sort of need allies because it is less pay- it's still painful for everybody to to accept what's happened. But it, for allies, it is less painful because you don't always identify with every single thing that has happened. And that's why I feel mm-hmm. like conversations with people like people who are skeptic about black lives matter movement should be had with allies because it, it honestly, it is too emotionally tasking to ask it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As a black person, it's very emotionally tasking and it's, it's an, it's an, it's a new layer of trauma. So mm, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard to ask that of black people and that's why we need allies. Because allies will will hear our stories without skepticism, you know hmm. and they will be able to translate those stories to people who are skeptic in in terms yeah. that they will understand
0: yeah that's that's actually um very true. I hundred percent agree with you. I don't think anybody is entitled to being educated by. black person who doesn't want to educate Mm. you um and it's so true what you said about allies being able to translate the stories of black individuals into a language that the community around an ally can understand
1: yeah that's exactly it and that's 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 the reason for allyship in the first place it's just for mm-hmm. somebody who understands to translate for somebody who doesn't. And that that's yes. all that allies yeah. need to remember. They're not adding their own explanation in there. Translating. You know? So, so yeah, I think. Yeah. I,
0: I actually like what you said there. We're not adding our own, like, take or, you know, on it. Yeah. Because um, I know that is something that I personally have struggled with mm. because you kind of you want to take the story and make it your own, yeah. but it's not yours
1: yeah.
0: to make your own. It's yours to translate to someone yeah. else
1: it, It's just about using your voice to amplify other voices and um there's actually this this um quote that this a researcher. She's actually a teacher. She teaches about, um, she teaches about allyship, and she teaches about why it's important and how to do it effectively. Her name is Graciela mm-hmm. Mohamedi, um, but she kind mm-hmm. of put a statement that, ex- for me as a black person, I can appreciate um, what she's saying about allies' roles in this movement. Mm-hmm. So, should I just? Can we just play that? Yeah, we can. Okay. That's when the next injustice breaks, and we all know that it will. Instead of building a shiny new table, find one that's already been built and ask yourself how you can support it. Find who was talking before anyone
0: else was listening and pass them the mic. It can be uncomfortable, but when it happens,
1: it can be magic. So yeah, it's, it's what, what wow. allies roles are, is to pass that mic and to get a perspective into a community that it might not have ever reached that is the job of allies allies are supposed to deal with the skeptics but it's it's hard for the person who's actually going through that to explain to skeptics we just need the platform yeah we just need for people to show solidarity you know
0: Mm -hmm. in all honesty people are more likely to listen to someone from their
1: community exactly exactly because as much as we don't like to admit it, humans kind of have tribalist tendencies and that also goes to mm -hmm. your race as being your tribe sometimes you'll listen to somebody who looks more like you sometimes you'll like Mm -hmm. be able to empathize more with that person. And the role of allies is Mm -hmm. to take those people who wouldn't normally give such a... Like, such a listened... Like, that ear is listening. You know what I mean? In a way that it might Mm -hmm. not have listened to another person from another group. Yes. Yes. And that is the role of allies. It's to take a message that the person for example in the black lives matter movement is to take that message of a person in the black lives matter movement and you amplify it in a way that somebody would understand somebody who would not normally mm-hmm. be reached
0: mm-hmm. yeah i uh, i definitely get you and i definitely agree with that um actually going back to what you said a bit earlier um we there was actually a study that was done where white participants mm-hmm. were shown a black person in pain and a white person in pain and they were able to measure the brain waves mm-hmm. because your brain waves are directly linked to your empathy levels mm-hmm. and there were higher empathy levels with those white people to the to seeing the white person in mm-hmm. pain and so that just that just shows like the tribalistic tendencies yes. that we have and the fact that you'd be willing to listen more to somebody who's like you. Mm.
1: It's an unfortunate reality, but I think it's something at this point that mm. we understand is the truth that people do listen to people who look like them. Um, th- they would mm-hmm. give those people more of a chance. So knowing that truth, we need to use it to our advantage and that's the work of allies using Uh Mm -hmm. using the fact that somebody who looks like you will humanize you using that to try spread a message that will get them to humanize more people yeah um so i think our last point
0: Mm -hmm. i guess would be how Can allies do better to ensure that we amplify rather than um, oppress the black community's voices further?
1: Okay, so I think the main things, the two things that we've already um, discussed in this, is to number one, um, um, understand your privilege. And number Mm -hmm. two, to listen. Those are the two most important, um, the most important uh, things that allies need to do to make sure they're putting this themselves in the right position. And another thing to be conscious of is back to the example of the seat at the table. It's, it's you know you want to speak up for Black people, but at the same time you do not speak over Black people because we Hmm. do have stories to tell. We do have our own voices and we also want to use them. But in spaces that it's definitely not going to get there, that's your place to speak up. Um, Another thing allies need to do is acknowledge your own mistakes, you know? Um, Mm. people make mistakes and black people are a lot more forgiving than people think you know we want to move Mm. forward and if we see that you are in the same boat as wanting to move forward and you used to have a problematic time but you've truly 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 moved on from that time and you've truly changed your perspective. We want to hear that. Mm. It's, it's all good and well to do that emotional labor and to educate yourself. But as part of undoing and as part of dismantling some of the things that you may have perpetuated as a as an ally in your past, you know, mm. it is important for you to say, guys, I have been part of this too. I have unfortunately had bigoted beliefs and used that to bully Black people, use that to make Black people uncomfortable, use Black people as the butt of a joke, and that was wrong. Mm. And I think when people see you take accountability, especially communities around allies, they see, oh, maybe I'm a part of that behavior too. Maybe there is something to think about here. Mm -hmm. Maybe there is something that I was doing wrong that I truly was not seeing. And when an ally says, guys, I realize it's wrong and I want to educate the people that I perpetuated this with, it makes Mm a 100% of a difference than somebody who just says, I'm not racist anymore. You know what I mean? yes yes yeah that's that's actually very very true i don't
0: think that just kind of switching and going from like problematic to not racist yeah. anymore i mean. is a good thing because
1: what about that middle space yes. who have you impacted yes. in between
0: then and now because
1: you, because your ignorance caused trauma your mm. ignorance made black people in the room uncomfortable and you need to undo that part of this work as Mm. being an ally is undoing that you don't just undo systems you also undo the things that go on surrounding you you know in your personal life because a, a lot of people who are allies did say a few controversial things some things That may have been racist. Myself included. (laughs) You know, and if you truly are saying to me, guys, I I own that. I did that and it was wrong. And I want to educate the people that I perpetuated that with why it is wrong. I want to get Mm -hmm. this message to those spaces because I believe they will hear it better from me. That is what we need Mm -hmm. allies to do. We need you to denounce racism. Not just act like it never happened. You need to denounce mm-hmm. even your own actions, which is hard but people yeah. really appreciate that. It's, it's really something that people appreciate because it acknowledges our pain. Mm-hmm. One thing about Black pain, it doesn't get acknowledged. You know? It doesn't get acknowledged. Mm-hmm. There, there mm-hmm. aren't a lot of memorials to commemorate slaves there aren't memorials to commemorate the lives of people who died in the transatlantic slave trade we don't have formal apologies we have in South Africa we have the apartheid museum and we have Robben Island Mm. but we need something that puts it in everybody's face to say this was a mistake. We recognize it was a mistake. No one's arguing. This was definitely a mistake. And once we do those things, it becomes easier for people in their own capacity to say, I've also made mistakes. And I want to change those mistakes. Mm-hmm. And I want to reach the people I made those mistakes with. Mm. I definitely agree.
0: Um, I think one thing I can say as somebody who's trying my best to practice active allyship is you're going to make mistakes like that's inevitable you're not black you can't see all of the blind spots Um, exactly you but that's that's not a reason to stop being an ally and practicing active allyship yes you acknowledge your mistakes, and,
1: you and, do and better, I, and, and you, I think you educate people. When, when somebody is really genuine about their intention to educate, even when somebody makes hmm. a mistake, we say, okay, that was a mistake, and we move on. Yeah, like um, what happened in episode one of
0: the um, podcast. Yeah. Uh,
1: both of you had have the intention of being active allies that is your intention yes we do need to look at the actual impact but we still need to remember that the intention was to to reach people and to to -hmm. get together to try solve a huge issue you know and we need to take that and say Mm -hmm. okay that was a blunder I'm telling you why this is a blunder and you don't make that blunder again and we move cuz there's yeah, there's yeah. bigger there's exactly, bigger things to exactly. deal with.
0: There's bigger things to like, deal with. As yeah, there is like if you get called out, don't there's no reason to get defensive. No, Understand why someone is calling you mm. out. And also there's nothing wrong with saying I'm sorry I didn't see it like yeah. that. Thank you for informing yeah. me.
1: There's like, there's nothing wrong with with saying that. And, and I think it comes from pride that people are not able to admit maybe where they were wrong. But people are very mm-hmm. accepting of a genuine attempt at getting things right. Because it is a genuine attempt at getting yeah. things right. So people aren't angry yeah. at that, you know? People are angry at seeing mm. people who are not really trying to get things right, but are trying to seem like they want to get things right, then people will definitely call you out if you make mistakes because they feel like you are not putting in the time to get educated. But if we see that you're putting Mm -hmm. in the time to get educated, if we see that you're trying to educate others on the things you have gotten right, then there's no problem.
0: Yeah. That's the thing, like everybody should be trying to do active allyship in whatever way you are able to mm. whether that's donating whether it's signing petitions yeah. whether it's giving up your we well, not giving up your platform but sharing um, your platform putting black artists on your platform mm. um i don't think that there's one set way to do active allyship but there are trends in doing it Mm. wrong
1: yeah I think that's definitely something that allies need to remember but like one thing one thing that I feel like this movement the Black Lives Matter movement is missing right now is strategy Mm. and Mm. I feel as though our generation doesn't always do things intentionally like with like with like thought out ideas. I think sometimes our generation just says how can we fix this? Mm, let's post black squares, you know. We yeah. need we yeah. need to be more intentional about this revolution. We need to be more intentional yes. about consciousness. Like it's, it's not only about social um, changes, but we need to remember that we also do hold power to make political changes. And often mm-hmm. political changes will jumpstart conversations that need to be had. They will jumpstart um, the urgency at which they are had. And they will sometimes also change the results of How we deal with certain issues. So, Mm -hmm. active allyship, as much as it does mean protesting, as much as it does mean education, it also means making changes at a local level, municipalities. It means making changes in your um, police, local police officers. You know, it means Mm -hmm. your mayor. It means all of these things. It means you need to check who your premier is and know what your premier's email is when you're ready to write them um about why you think things should change so there are many ways to be an active ally and i hope allies strive to do as many as they can you know because Mm -hmm. that is what we need we need we need it socially, but we also need it um, judicially. Things need to be changed. Mm. So, yeah. There are many ways to, to, I get, to I deal with, with this thing. thing. If you don't want to have a short-lived um, experience with activism, I think an understanding at least your local-level politics can make huge differences. And I and I hope that's something that people, like, I, I feel like our generation is not really politically literate and we don't have a good understanding of our civic systems and who we do vote for and what their roles are. But we need to actually do that work and we need to, yeah, we need to do that work if we want changes to be made. And we need to do it strategically. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because like you said, it's it's a revolution and it, there's many avenues yes.
1: that need to be addressed. Mm. And a lot of the time, legislative issues um, kind of prompt social outcomes to change. You know what I mean? So mm, uh, uh, after, after you deal with the law that perpetuates... After you deal with the systems that perpetuate... Um, anti blackness, it'll be much easier to deal with the culture around anti blackness, yeah. And I definitely um
0: agree with you on that mm. one. So, any
1: final thoughts before we head off? Um, to anybody that I, that is looking to get educated on this, um, there's actually a she's a rapper called No Name. Um, A lot of her music is about exploring blackness in today's world, especially um, as an African-American woman, but she is more about pan-African movements, and she is more about liberation for all people. And if you are looking to get educated, there is a book club where you can find really good book recommendations if you really want to make some changes so but really guys that is if you if you really want to understand this um from an education point of view and you want to understand the way these systems are oppressing black people then i believe those books are gonna open open your eyes a bit um i will also link copochos's instagram so you guys can go
0: follow her go ahead
1: go ahead <laughs>
0: um but yeah i just wanted to say thank you for coming to speak to me today thank you for having i think me it on. was a very valuable <laughs> i think it was a very valuable um conversation yeah.
1: and i hope that and i, and I appreciate the what you're doing here were and able I also, to take something away. sorry i appreciate what you're doing with this podcast and i also wanted to say like congratulations like this is this is kind of it's quite big so I'm I'm happy that you're taking this movement and trying to connect people it's it's really good to see thank you yeah
0: so I just wanted to thank Gopocha again for coming onto the podcast and speaking to me today and I'd like to thank all of you for tuning in listening and supporting. I really do appreciate it and I hope to see you on the next episode.